Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Remember, justified is not to make you right just justification from the lord is he pronounces you right and it's a legal term it's your position now before the law the law condemns you you couldn't keep it i couldn't keep it nobody could keep it it's not the condition of you it's not the condition of me now how are you justified well the bible says being justified freely that means without any cost, you and I can be justified. What does religion say? Religion says you can justify yourself by keeping these tenets, by following these commands, by dressing a certain way, by acting a certain way, by living a certain way. That is not how you and I are justified. It is a free gift given, and God will freely justify you. You don't have to turn there, but I wrote down this verse, Isaiah 55. Oh, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye by and eat. Yea, come by wine and milk without money and without price. In the beginning of that verse, it says everyone. It's a universal call that God calls. It doesn't matter if you're poor. It doesn't matter if you have no money. It doesn't matter if you're needy. It's a call to everyone. Why? Because we're all thirsty. We're all thirsting for something. And Jesus Christ said, God said in his word, you can be justified freely. How? Through the redemption in verse 24. That is in Christ Jesus. That's the buyback. He paid the price in full for you and God's grace. How does it come? It comes in the form of and through the man, Christ Jesus. And so we're going to unpack this idea of justification or this scriptural term justification. And I want you to think of it like a three braided, three strings braided together. And with all three of them together, it becomes strength. It it becomes a complete unity. And so the source, we're going to look at this now through grace, through blood, and through faith. So get those three terms wrapped around your head as we go into this. Grace, blood, and faith. Look at verse number 24 again, and I want you to get what is the source of your, your and I's justification. Verse number 24, the source is by his grace. If you want favor with God, it comes unmerited. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins. Grace is the source. Now, I want you to think about something here. Uh. Gentlemen, myself included, we would 
let's say we get up in the morning. We get up early in the morning. We mow the grass. We paint the fence. We come in before nine o'clock even hits. Breakfast is made for the wife and the entire family. On the way to work, we drop off eggs to all of our neighbors. On, we get to work, not on time, we get to work 15 minutes early. Matter of fact, we're the one that makes all the sales throughout the workday. It's a great day. The boss gives you a raise because you've worked so hard and has created so much value to the company. But you're not done yet because on your way home, you stopped at the local mission to do an hour's worth of volunteer work. And then you come home, you walk into the door, you sit down at the table, and your wife doesn't have any food fixed for you. And you know what you think to yourself? Where's my dinner? I deserve a hot meal. I've worked hard, I got up early, I cooked breakfast, I did great at the work workplace. And then you recall, you know, yeah, even, even at lunch break, there was a lost uh, co-worker and I sat down with him at lunch, led him to the Lord and he trusted Christ. And I come home and there's no dinner for me? I deserve that. That's what that man thinks. And you're thinking to yourself, or some of you might be thinking to yourself, what's wrong with that? Don't you deserve a hot meal? And I'll tell you what's wrong with that. That's how we approach God. That's exactly how lost people approach God. So let's flip this story on its head. You wake up in the morning. You kick the cat. You yell at the kids. You tell your wife breakfast is cold and you don't know how to cook. You storm out the door. You slam the door. You peel wheels out of the driveway. You get to work late. You give a snarky remark to your boss and your coworkers. You decide to check out late. Uh, you, you decide to check out early from work. You go to the bar. You have a few beers. You come home. It's eight o'clock at night. Your wife's been up all day managing the kids, trying to school the kids. You come home late and drunk, and it's eight o'clock. And when you come in, your wife is smiling, well-dressed, and has a hot meal waiting for you. And you sit down at that table, and the only thing you can do is begin to weep. Because that is grace. You got something that you didn't deserve. And no one would blame that wife or going to bed early and leaving you with a bag of ramen noodles for dinner. Nobody would have blamed that woman. That is grace. And that is how you and I must approach God. We are so undeserving that we can't wrap our minds around it. But that, brothers and sisters in Christ, is God's grace. Humble yourselves in the sight of God. He shall lift you up. Look at Romans chapter 3 verse 25. The Bible says, 
whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. So we talked about the source of justification is God's grace. Now we're going to look at two terms we find in Romans uh, at verse 25. That is blood and faith. So the source is grace. What caused your justification? What caused it was his blood. Romans 5, 9. But now being justified by his blood, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The source of our justification is grace. What causes justification is his blood. And look at it through faith. It's conditioned upon faith. As a matter of fact, look at verse number 28 in Romans chapter 3. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. You've been justified by faith. That means you can have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is why the term religion enslaves and only Jesus saves is so, so true. Because if you've been steeped in religion, you know that you never have peace. Because it's always, I got to look right, I got to act right, I got to talk right, I got to do all these commands, I got to follow all these sacraments, I got to do all these things. And if I don't, oh no, I'm sunk. If I don't, oh no, the bishop is going to get on me. If I don't, oh no, the, 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 the pope is, or, the, or, the, or the priest or the preacher or whoever you want to fill in the blank who is supposed to be the man of God is going to tell you, oh, you better or else. That's not how God justifies it's conditioned upon your faith in his blood, who he is, his merit, his worth. And by God's grace, he saves you. If you have been justified, pronounced right, there is no reason for you and I to be discouraged. But Brother Jimmy, you don't know what I've been through. You're right, I don't. But you don't know what I've been through. But you know what we can all agree to? We can all look at God's word and say, we know what God went through for us. You know what we talked about at the Lord's Supper this morning is this. We keyed in on his body being broken for us. Us as broken people. And then he puts us together as one bread, as one body. And there's no more brokenness. Because we're in him. And that is why we should never be discouraged as Christians. It doesn't mean that the temporal things are going to go right all the time. They rarely do. <laughs> they rarely do. It doesn't mean people aren't going to hurt you. People do that on a regular basis. Just go get a job. Just go out and I mean, just do anything. It means that your brokenness is put together by the Lord Jesus Christ. And he puts us into a body where now we are in him and we can serve him. And it's a glorious truth. It's a glorious thing. The source is grace. 
It's caused by his blood and it's conditioned upon our faith. I want you to get Hebrews 10 because I'd like to bring another thought on this. Hebrews chapter number 10. Get your spot there. And this is going to become more significant, this justification, when we look at it in light of the Trinity. The Old Testament, it points forward to the gift of grace found at the cross of Christ. The Old Testament, a lot of times we think that we think law. And so we think that people were saved by the law or we think people were saved by keeping commandments. But God didn't give the Old Testament law for salvation. Because if he did, that would mean a couple of things. That would mean, number one, only the Hebrew people could have been saved. Because God never gave that law to any Gentile. The other problem with that is, none of the Hebrew people kept the law. <laughs> so that would mean none of them would have been saved. That would also mean... Everybody died and went to hell before Mount Sinai because there was no law given. So the law was not given for souls to be saved. The law was given so that nation would be governed as they lived their life on the temporal earth. When they, when they obeyed those laws... Anytime you obey God, it's a form of worship. So that's number one. They were able to worship God. And you know how they were saved? Physically. If they sinned, they got sick. You see these faith healers and they tell you, oh, you know, they want to attach Old Testament Israel stuff to New Testament church. If you sinned, you would get sick. When people get sick today physically, you don't go over there and start rebuking them for their sin. <laughs> you know, one of the brothers was sick last week. You know, you call him up. What are you doing? What are you sinning? What are you? What are you been at the bar drinking all week, brother? No, that's look, that's Israel stuff. They won battles when they obeyed the Lord. You can go back and read all those Old Testament accounts. Their land was saved. <laughs> They had crops that were produced plentiful. So they did need to obey, but not for salvation. So how were they saved? Well, we're going to get into some messages a little bit deeper about Old Testament salvation. We're just not going to do it this morning. I'm going to make a couple of points. Number one, they put did they put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross? No, because Christ hasn't come in the flesh. Did they look forward to the cross? No. <laughs> they didn't look forward to the cross. Matter of fact, none of the disciples looked forward to the cross. None of them believed them. So how were they saved? By faith. In what? In what God had revealed to them. Did they go to heaven? No, they went to paradise. That's a whole other message. But I'm saying all that to say that in the Old Testament, something was pictured. They weren't saved by keeping the law. None of them kept it. 
Look at Hebrews 10. I asked you to turn there. Let's read this verse. Uh, Hebrews 10, it's verse number one. Watch this, what it says. For the law having a shadow, that's what it was, a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things. Now watch what this says. Can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. The people in the Old Testament did not look forward to the cross. But you know who did? God the Father. God the Father pictures it. God the Father prophesied it. It's all prophesied in the Old Testament. And God looks forward to the cross. And he did it patiently. Why is that important? Grace. Grace is the source. And grace started not with the church, although we preach a message of grace. It didn't have its origin with the church. God's grace is his character and who he has always been. It shows up clearly in the Old Testament. The source of our justification is grace. And it starts with God the Father. God the Father. Now, God the Son in the Gospels, who shows up? The man, Christ Jesus. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. God the Son is revealed in blood on the cross. God the Father prophesies and pictures it. He's grace. Jesus Christ, full of grace and truth. Justification is revealed on the cross in his blood. And then God, the Holy Spirit, acts through the rest of the New Testament. God, the Spirit, what's it do? Points back to the cross. What do we do? We point people back to the cross. And that's the object of faith. You've got grace. You've got blood. You've got faith. God, the Father, God, the Son. God, the Holy Spirit, like a three-stringed cord, all touching one another, gives a really good, complete picture. You can't, these terms, justification, the glory of God, like we did before, repentance, we're going to look at propitiation next week. You can't exhaust these words. 40 minutes doesn't do it justice. So we try best we can to glean a little bit of truth. We're, we're just inadequate. Every time I open the word of God, the messages always get trimmed because I can't even begin to try to explain to you just how sinful we are. I can't even begin to try to explain to you just how much justification is so important, but I try. You read your Bible, you try. That's what we want to do. So the Trinity, God, the father revealed in grace, God, the son revealed in blood, God, the Holy Spirit revealed in faith. 
Now let's do a little more of a deeper dive. Let's go to Ephesians chapter one. We're going to stay on the Trinity in regard to justification, but let's get Ephesians. The first chapter, Ephesians chapter number one, we're going to look at the part of God the Father. Ephesians chapter one, verse number three, the Bible says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Now, this is God's purpose. God's purpose. Has he chosen us before the foundation of the world to go anywhere? Read the end of verse number four. As he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, comma, that we should go somewhere? No, that we should be something. What should we be? Holy and without blame before him in love. Are you in Christ Jesus? Verse one, yes. Are you in heavenly places? Verse three, yes. Are you in Christ? Verse three, yes. Are you in love? Verse four, yes. Are you in the beloved? Verse six, yes. In whom we are you in whom we have redemption through his blood? Verse seven, yes. Are you in all wisdom and prudence? Yes. In verse number nine, are you in himself? Yes. Verse 10, are you in the dispensation of the fullness of times? Yes. Are you in one, all things in Christ? Verse 10, yes. Then you were pre, you were, you were chosen before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blemish and without blame before him. Don't live a holy life to impress your family or your neighbors or your church or your preacher or your, or your denomination or the conference don't live holy for that reason for God we are in him you should live your life I should live my life we should all live our lives the same way him him not for anybody else you live it for him, all the everybody else's will work itself out. That's God's purpose. And like, watch how verse 6 ends, or, 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 or that's how we're going to end this, this thought here. Verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, his grace. That's the part of God the Father. Verse 3, God and the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. It ends with the praise of his glory of his grace, verse 6. All right. Amen. You got that. What's the part of God the Son? Let's look at. Verses seven. In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. See that his redeeming blood. Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Look at verse nine. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure. With he hath purposed in himself. Then the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together. In one, all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth, even in him. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. 
that we should, and here's how it ends, the part of God the Son, redeemed by his blood, through the praise of his glory, who first trusted Christ. God the Father, his purpose, glory of his grace. Ephesians 7 through 12, the part of God the Son, it's his redeeming blood in verse 7. Verse 12, it ends with the praise of his glory. That's God the Father, part of God the Son. Let's look at one more part of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 13. In whom ye also trusted after that ye have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that ye believe, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. See the Holy Spirit show up there? Third part of the Trinity. Part of the Holy Spirit. It starts with the hearing of faith. Look at verse 13. You trusted after what happened. After you heard the word of truth. What's the word of truth? Comma. The gospel. What does it do? It saves you. That's why it says it's the gospel of your salvation. Of my salvation. And the work of justification in the Holy Spirit is. You hear the word of truth. Salvation. You were sealed. After what? After you heard the word. And what was the what was the second after in verse 13? You got two afters. After you heard the word. And then after what? You were baptized? Nope. After you did good works? No. After you dressed right, lived right, went to church every Sunday, never missed an outreach? No. Believed. All you have to do is believe what God said. Now God can make a choice. Drop you into the depths of hell or by his grace save you. Oh, praise God for his grace. Praise God for his grace. All you got to do is believe the gospel. Look at the gospel. People, when people say Jesus saves, and I say that, I'm sure you say that, that is true. But it's only one third of the truth. It needs to be combined with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now the full scope of our salvation to come, can come into play when we look at the Trinity. Let's go back to Romans 3 and we'll start to wrap this up. Romans chapter number three. <clears throat> Romans three, verse 24, being justified freely. By his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, he presents justification by his grace. We said that it's through the redemption. It is Christ Jesus. We said that. You're a criminal. And God is going to dismiss your charges. When I say you're a criminal or if we were to say you're a criminal to lost people, they would be offended. And in their hearts and minds, they would say, I am not a criminal. I am not in jail. I've not. Do you know why? You know why people are insulted when they're called a criminal before God? Because in their minds, 
they think that they are successful and you have insulted their personal being, their personal well-being. I've got a house. I've got two cars. I'm good to my kids. I work my job. I pay my taxes. I've not killed anybody. I love my neighbor. Even though you haven't spoken to him for 10 years, you still in your mind think you love him because you haven't gone over and punched him in the mouth or anything. <laughs> we, we don't really love our neighbor. We're not really as successful as we think we are. Why? Because with God, it's not based on performance. And just like that man comes home, he thought it was his performance should merit him a hot meal. He thought his performance in front of his wife and his performance in front of his kids and his performance in front of his co-workers and his performance in the community should merit him something. But we see the complete flip of that story when we see how awful that man were, lived and then his wife fixes him something and that is grace. This is why people are insulted because you think I'm so successful and you sit down and somebody doesn't serve you and you think to yourself, my performance. God help us. We should not bring our performance to God. It merits us nothing. I am not advocating any of us dads or husbands. I'm not advocating for any of us husbands to try to see this week just how gracious our wives are, okay? <laughs> we, we should live like Ephesians 1 said, holy and blameless if we're in Christ. I'm using that as an analogy so we can see just how far gone we really are. People have no problem using God's name flippantly. They would never use their own name like that. And I want us to come away with this idea that whatever you think the spiritual gulf is between you and God, and whatever I think the spiritual gulf is between you and God, make it a lot bigger. Because <laughs> it's so big you can't even comprehend it. Let me ask you this. That, that, that house in the corner that looks like a condemned house because it is condemned, a drug house. They do drinking and drugging and all kinds of any of you parents. You would not allow your child. We would not let allow our children after church just go play in that house. And sit in the filth. And smell the stench. And be around the needles. And the broken beer bottles and the drug paraphernalia and the language and the dirty cussing words written and graffitied on the wall. Not a one of us would let our children go over and play there. That's you and I. That's the gulf. It's so much greater than you think. We would never let our children do it. Yet yeah, that is who we are before God. Sitting in filth and sin. And we're so far gone that you would think God wouldn't come anywhere near you. 
the same way we would never let our children get anywhere near that. The gulf is so, so much bigger than we can even comprehend. And that is grace. That is grace. God came down and died for you and I as wretched sinners, so separated. And Jesus Christ is the only one that is that bridge over that gulf. The highly, highly offended God. And the highly offending sinner is brought together by the grace of God, by the blood of God. And it's conditioned upon our faith in him. People say, oh, we, all we need is Jesus. And yeah, that's true. I would submit to you this morning, all we have is Jesus. It's all you and I have. He's the just and the justifier. He justifies freely by his grace and his blood. We are justified by faith. He is our peace. He is our redeemer. He is our shelter. He was our savior. He is our only hope. And if you've been justified this morning, may I leave you with this? You and I have no reason at all to be discouraged. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.